back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I watched Season 1, Episode 12, Skin Deep. As always, we'll start with a little synopsis. Not so little this time. This is a pretty meaty episode. In the Enchanted Forest, we meet Belle for the first time, whose kingdom is under attack by ogres. She makes a deal to become a caretaker for Rumpelstiltskin's castle in order to save her family and her kingdom. While working at Rumpel's castle and getting to know him, Belle and Rumpel start to fall for one another. When Belle unexpectedly returns from a trip to town, they share the beginnings of True Love's Kiss, which seems to begin transforming Rumpel back into a man. Rumpel is sure Regina put Belle up to this, which she did, and kicks Belle out of his castle, refusing to believe that her feelings are genuine. Regina later tells him that Belle died, and he mourns her by displaying her chipped cup. In Storybrooke, Emma responds to a robbery at Mr. Gold's house, only to find that Mr. Gold knows exactly who did it and what he took. Despite Emma finding almost everything that was taken, Mr. Gold pursues Mr. French on his own, kidnapping him and beating him up in a fit of passion. Emma arrests Gold, and Regina pays him a visit to make a deal, his real name for the missing item. We found out that Mr. Gold is indeed awake, and the valuable item is the chipped cup. He gets the cup back but doesn't know that Regina is holding Belle in a secret room at the hospital. Roger, what'd you think of this episode? I want you to go first. What did you think of this episode? This episode is super meaty. I I like it a lot, as I do most Rumple Focus episodes. I think it's a good introduction for Belle. It's kind of amazing that we waited until episode 12 to meet Belle for the first time. Um, this, this episode is so meaty that it's the entire plot of the Beauty and the Beast movie, plus a little more in 42 minutes. So, I like it. It's good. We learn a lot of information about Rumpelstiltskin in this episode. What about you? I've used the phrase top five episode before. This is my favorite episode in the entire series. Really? This is the top one episode for me. I love it. This is the episode that made me permanently hooked on this show. Interesting. I love Rumpel versus Regina. That is by far when those two are battling it out. Or working together. So kind of the way that you feel about Regina and Emma, that you like them as adversaries and as partners, that's how I feel about Rumple and Regina. I love them battling. I love them scheming. This, to me, is almost Regina at her best. Like, she actually goes toe-to-toe with the Dark One or goes toe-to-toe with Gold and arguably comes out on top. Like, this Regina, who's thinking ahead, who's plotting, who's scheming, this is fun to watch. Also, you get to see another side of Rumpel. You get to see him angry. You get to see a weakness. Like, you really don't see Gold crack, and his rage takes over in both the Enchanted Forest and the Storybook. So, yeah, this, I don't recall an episode that I enjoy more than this episode. Wow. Okay, I'm going to see if you uh, you use a top top one, number one episode again. Um, just in season one, episode 12, that's it. This is the bar. This is it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree. This is a great, great episode. Um you want to talk about Belle's intro? I do. Um, love that she's holding a book. Very, uh, very, very nice. Um, I also like that they really wanted us to make sure that we understood that it was Belle. So they put her in that like iconic yellow dress, even though it's completely impractical for the situation. Like they're, they're basically having like a war council <laughs> and they're like, we're going to put you in this dress though. It's a ball gown, but don't worry about that. Just wear it. Also, it's a war council with, I believe, all men. Of course. So without the dress, I think I'd be able to identify the singular female character in the room here. I also hate how all of the men treat her in that first scene. Like, her father doesn't want her to speak. Gaston is constantly, like, pushing her aside. It's horrifying. So I like it in the sense of it shows, again, that while the Beast may not be a good man, the men in her life weren't good men to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's not like her father's a weak man in my argument. Like, I, he is another one of that weak men. Not because he's, um, like, physically weak, but, like, character condition. He's just, don't let her make her own decisions. Don't let my daughter think. I think he even, I don't know if he's the one who drops the line, I forbid it. Yeah, he definitely says that. Are you that. sure it's not Gaston who says that? Oh, God, that's even worse. I actually think it is Gaston <laughs> who might have said that. Who that guy... I don't even know how to describe how much I loathe him, but he is just worthless. The best thing that happens to him in this entire thing is that he gets turned into a rose. <laughs> and then Belle gets it as a gift. I also love that Belle, who likes everyone, Belle is so nice and kind and likes everyone. She's like, yeah, I didn't use arranged marriage. I don't really care about that guy, whatever. <laughs> and you don't blame her. You yeah. understand why pretty much within like five seconds where he 
basically tries to determine. I think she says no one determines my fate but me. Yep. And they're all like, I can't believe she has her own mind. I actually love that. Like, she... When she's having that conversation with Rumple, which, man, they get into some, like, really, like, serious conversations, which are... It's kind of nice to see him, like, having a conversation that is below surface level with someone. Um, below the skin, be- one could argue. Skin deep, but be- beneath the skin. Um, I think when she says there aren't a lot of opportunities for women to prove themselves in this land, which in her experience is definitely true. I mean, <laughs> living with all those men who won't let her do anything at all. Um, and she made a, she made, like, a sacrifice to save her kingdom. I think that helps a little bit with the, like... In the Beauty and the Beast movie, she sacrifices herself for her father. Yeah. Because he's, he's trapped by the Beast. The, the Beast just, just entraps her father because he was trespassing in his castle or something. Like, for no other reason. Um, and Belle offers to take his place. But here she... So it's a prisoner exchange. Yeah. Here she sacrifices herself for the entire kingdom. Like, that's... Rumple ends the Ogre's War for them. And everyone lives because of what she did. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I like that it is her decision. She's not given away. She doesn't feel basically... I mean, she does feel forced to do it, but it's her choice to make the call. Like, she could have let them just try to fight the other war out. Um, is Rumpel the first man to have a conversation with her as opposed to at her? Probably. And she's incredibly observant. Like, yeah. he spends... I think this is the first time we've ever seen Rumple like, flustered. And he just spends, like, this entire episode being like, what's up with this chick? Like, she, like, reads him, like, a book. She's super observant. Like, she finds the little boy's clothes in the castle and asks him a question. Anybody else had asked him that, and he definitely wouldn't have answered. Uh, and she, like, straight up, she's not afraid of him at all. Like, just not at all. Oh, I disagree with that. Oh, interesting. When she drops the cups at first, she's oh, terrified. Oh, that's true. That's true. But when she gets to know him, she's yeah. not afraid of him anymore. Once she learns to see the man behind the beast, she's yeah. not as terrified. She's not terrified, in that, I'd argue, at all towards the end. Right. I mean, she asks him, she's, she tells him that she thinks that he asked her to come there because he's lonely, which I think is true. I don't think it's wrong. Yeah. It may not be the sole reason. Of course. But, um... That's a pretty, like, bold statement to make. And then when she's leaving at the end, like, when he kicks her out of the castle, she just, like, straight up gets in his face and tells him that she thinks he's a coward, which he is. Their interactions reminded me of another couple we ran into in the Enchanted Forest, and it's Snow and Charming. Hmm. They have that same... There's a genuine connection, but it's also adversarial, and they're both not in a good place in their life. Now, granted... He happens to be the cause for her not being in a good place in his life. But he does... My, my actual favorite scene between them is when he lets her go and says, I know you're not going to come back. And then he looks outside and sees her walking up. And like a schoolboy, runs to his straw wheel and acts like he's just completely chill. And he's like, oh, you came back. And you're like, wow, the dark one. <laughs> the dark one's acting like a 12-year-old boy who doesn't want to admit he has a crush. And it's kind of sweet. Like, you can tell, like, oh, he, he likes her. He definitely does. And he seems to respect her opinion. Like, most of the time when people talk to him, he's dismissive, like, don't waste my time. And he admits that, like, a lot of the things that she says are very perceptive. Yeah. And, and she perceives quickly that Regina is up to no good. Within, like, mm-hmm. one conversation, she's like, I'm kind of tired. You want to just go on ahead? So she's not a fool. Yeah, she's definitely not a fool. And I, I feel like she brings out some of the more human elements in Rumpel that we will see throughout. Like, like when she drops the cup, he's like, it's just a cup. Which actually is, I mean, sometimes Rumpel gets really mad at people, but usually he's pretty, like, he, he realizes, like, what's important. Like, if somebody does a thing that, like, actually fucks with him, he'd be really mad. Yeah. But if somebody, like, broke some random thing in his castle, he'd be like, ah, whatever. But like, I feel like he, she, like, brings that element out of his personality, like, all throughout. Until 100%. he becomes completely irrational and starts smashing shit. <laughs> I, I, one of my other favorite lines is the curtains, where she's up there and says, what did you do? Nail them down? Yeah. <laughs> like, it seems like a normal thing for him to do, yeah. just nails all the curtains down. She's like, what is wrong with you? But then when she opens them up, he's like, oh, I'll get used to it. Like, he, this is the dark one who runs the dark castle, who sets his own uh, policies and rules, and she changes it, and he's just like, I'll deal with it. Like, it, it seems to be that he's already willing to just open up to her and... Yeah, you can tell there's a connection there. Um, I want to talk for a minute, too, about, or maybe more than a minute, that this is one of the first times that we, not the first time, but this is 
another time that we hear about Rumpel being a coward. Yeah. Um, which is a hallmark of his personality that will come throughout the entire series. I would say it's the defining characteristic yeah, of who it, he is. It is definitely who who he is. And not just that he she perceives both that he is one and that how it impacts the actions and the things that he chooses. Like she he's he says um with one of the best lines in the show. The power line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my power means more to me than you. Which is not untrue, but she like... That's untrue. I I mean, over time we learn that that's... But he often chooses power over her and everyone else and everything else through much of his life. It's true, but it's... He makes the choice because he's a coward. It's not true. Right, of course. And she sees through what he says. Like, Like, I think that he really thinks that that's true. Because he's like, the power prevents me from being a coward. But she, like, sees through that line and recognizes that the reason that he is making that choice is because he is a coward. See, I I interpret it the opposite way. I think he knows he's lying, but he Mm -hmm. just believes it. Without the power, he won't have her. I think that is actually what he truly believes. Mm. And that is why he's saying that, like, yeah, I know I'm a coward, but if I don't have this power, you're not going to love me without this, which, as we will learn, does kind of make sense because it's happened to him before. That's true. And he he has said this before. Well, and he just, I mean, his, like, self-loathing is top, (laughs) top notch here. Uh, What's the line he says? No one could ever love me? Who who could ever learn to love a beast is like, that is like a line from the Beauty and the Beast movie that that we see repeated here. And it's true. I mean, he can't love himself, so how could anyone else ever love him? So, I had a question. When they kiss, and it looks like she is breaking the curse, is he losing his power, or is he just losing the curse? I, I think the curse is... That he is the dark one. So yes, I think he's he would lose everything. Interesting. Because he doesn't lose that. Like it's not, it, I don't recall, and this is a bit of a spoiler, later on the dark one being in love and losing power. That's because he's, he, that's because, I, yes, you're totally right at the very end, which we can yeah. talk about that much later. Um, I think for much of the series, he loves his power more than he loves her. So like he, it's not true love if you if you can't like fully commit to it. Mm, that's fair. Though there are other dark ones that we see that do have love and don't lose their power. It's true. Yeah. So that's I mean, an inconsistency. I think it's also yeah they definitely hadn't decided all of the dark one lore <laughs> at this point in time. Well, the reason I ask that question is that I wonder if in fact the interpretation of that he and maybe that we're saying is wrong, and that he could have both had the power of the dark mm. one and been in love, but the idea that he thought when he was losing the skin that he was losing the power. Yeah. And that and then she even says in the end, "You're going to regret this. You're wrong," and uh-huh. that he could have had both and been happy. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting that's an interesting thought. All right, let's talk a little bit about Rumple since we've kind of already pivoted there. This isn't the low point for Rumple, I would say. No, but this is the first time that he seems to be on his heels. Like for the most part, he pops up out of nowhere. He has the advantage. He is in control. He's manipulating things in the background. He, now he's kind of being targeted. You're seeing that his rage is a real weakness for him in both both the Enchanted Forest and Storybrook, and he loses his shit completely i think it's when he thinks bell is tricking him he's yeah. gonna start smashing everything in his dark castle except for the chips teacup yep. which i found interesting he's a sentimentalist apparently uh, that yeah <laughs> um that was an impressive level of self-restraint to not smash the only thing that's already bro- i suppose it was already broken so it didn't really matter maybe rumple i think rumple became more human in this episode than we've ever seen before definitely I he, when he says to Emma in Storybrooke, "I'm a difficult man to love." Mm. It just I feel like that was like a really nice tie between what's going on in Storybrooke and what's going on in the Enchanted Forest. Uh, I really like it when the storylines line up. Sometimes they don't line up as well. I think in the first season they do a good job of lining up in both directions. We'll later see that they kind of end up being divergent too mm-hmm. much. Um, oh. I, the thing about Rumple that I. I, we we were talking about this as we were watching it. I, I just I don't know why he wanted her. Like the, like I think I think you know we both agreed to some degree. Like he's he was lonely, but as you noted, he throws her in a cell when she first gets there. 
and doesn't really seem to want to interact with her much. So I don't know, like, maybe he just doesn't know how to interact with people well, which is so reason- reasonable. Well, especially because he would have, at this point, not really interacted with a woman for a long period of time in who knows how long. So it is reasonable that, like a schoolboy, he may not know how to deal with a girl. I mean, he has a pretty close relationship with Regina, and we'll learn more about that later. But It's different, though. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's like a... That's more of like a political relationship that may have crossed over a bit, but it's not the same. I mean, we'll also learn that he was her teacher. Yeah, that's true. But Um, again, still, that's a mentor-mentee type situation. mm -hmm. Um, Also, in the opening, when he shows up, and I think it's the father who says, I'm not going to let you go with this beast. And he has this hilarious over-the-tap, oh, I am so (laughs) offended, burst out laughing. One of my favorite, like, just... He has good timing with his comedy. Like, he obviously he could care less, but like it's just so funny the way that he reacts. It's just like, how dare you, sir? I completely agree. I wrote "Love Rumple's mock shocked face" in yeah. all capital letters. Absolutely, just like that. That was going to be one of the discussions for my favorite moment of the episode. Yeah, it was good. Definitely. Um, we also learn a very very important plot point in this episode, which is that Rumple had a son and he lost him. He had alluded towards this in the episode where he um, sets the fire. Yep. Um, he talks to him at the beginning and says something about how, you know, losing a child, you know. So you kind of felt like he may have gone through this before, that he wasn't just speculating. He was kind of remembering. I like that a lot. I like that he, he opens up to That's one of the things that he opens up to Bell about, about his son and how he had lost him. And he... Shows vulnerability, I think, for the first time. Like, true vulnerability, which is, I think, what scares him, ultimately. The fact that he had become vulnerable is why he reacts the way that he did when he thought he was being tricked. Because he is not a man who's... We haven't really seen him be vulnerable like this. I guess maybe in the cage at the very beginning in the pilot. But even then, he felt like he was in control. Yeah, I mean, he was where he wanted to be. Yeah, he Rumpelstiltskin is always where he wants yeah. to be, whether or not you understand that or not. Except right now. This was the first time he didn't necessarily know where he was. And he seemed like he had no idea. Like, he was shocked about what was going on between him and Bella this episode. Like, he didn't acquire her so this would occur. He clearly didn't think that that would happen. Which is then makes me think, what did he acquire her for? Was it a chess piece to be used later? I, but this I, isn't a kingdom that's... This isn't like a King George kingdom where, like, they might be able to give you something later. I mean, we don't know that. I think we do. <laughs> Just because he's an ineffectual king doesn't mean he doesn't have some sort of... I don't know. I'll say this. The way that we have seen... We've seen three kings now. We've seen Bell's father, we've seen King George, and we've seen King Leopold. I don't know if we've seen another king. Oh, we've seen Midas. We've seen four kings. The other three kings have all shown very clearly their level of power, whether it's Midas' wealth, King George's ruthlessness, or Leopold just having everything he could ever desire. This is the first king that we've run into that looks weak and then if, I mean, his war council doesn't even have any knights. It's like <laughs> him and his four dudes at the tavern. And they're like, what are we going to do? I don't know. Yeah, there's no, you know, when we normally see King, like Midas, he rolls up with a whole set of knights and he's got, I mean, this is not a king who looks like he is able to defend his kingdom at all. A desperate man, a desperate soul, in fact. Also, like, what is with the ogres in the Enchanted Forest? Like, Rumpel, a long time ago, banished the ogres from where he lived. And did they just move on to another kingdom? Like, what's going on with the ogres? My, Why are there so many? So my guess is that he just sent them to another land to mm. not have to deal with the problem. I'm assuming Rumpel, because we see him in that initial episode where he becomes a dark one, he dealt with the problem by just somebody else, and which is a very Rumpel thing to do. Not my mm. problem right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about Regina, specifically the evil queen first in this episode. Okay, let me do one thing before we move sure. on. Sure. Um, we had referenced this previously about gold, where we said sometimes he's going to take his cane and whoop somebody's ass. He takes his cane and whoops somebody's ass this episode. He really does. I feel like we're supposed to feel sorry for Belle's father, and yet I don't at all. I'm 100% on Team Gold on this one. Beat that man's ass. I think we don't learn... It's interesting to think about what Mr. French's uh, memories are about what happened to his daughter, like his cursed memories. Oh, that's right. He's um, cursed. Because yeah. clearly he's not like, he doesn't think that, that Mr. Gold is crazy. Like yeah. he, he recognizes that like whatever Mr. Gold is saying is true. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I don't, I wonder, I wonder what, like, did, did she just kill herself, like, similarly to what happens in the Enchanted Forest because he shunned her? Um, it seems a little harder to swallow that in the real world, someone, like, that they wouldn't be able to forgive her for, uh, losing her purity (laughs) by living with Mr. Gold. I don't know, I guess... Maybe Mr. French is a big giant Republican. Like <laughs> It seems like the type of thing Regina would do would be to curse French with the memory of exactly the terrible father he was in the Enchanted Forest. And that he may not know exact details, but he knows that he drove his daughter off and caused her to be the reason that she's dead. Also, spoiler alert, friends. Mr. French does not become a better person. He becomes a much worse... Like I said, I'm on Team Gold. Beat that man's ass. Um, but he's really savage with that cane. Like... He just, he's like completely out of control. Mr. Gold is like living off of his emotions in that scene. So Mr. Gold in that scene beating Mr. French is the parallel to Rumpel losing his temper and smashing everything in the Dark Castle. That is, uh, his rage Mm -hmm. being the like thread between the two, he absolutely loses control. Last point on Gold. We get to see his house finally. We do get to see his house. And we also get to see him buy serial killer shit (laughs) at the pharmacy. Like, he's in line, and Dave is behind him, and he's holding duct tape and rope. And, like, (laughs) nobody questions him. He just, like, buys it. Especially, like, Emma knows that he's going to do some, like, vigilante shit. So, like, you'd think that she'd be watching him. And he bought duct tape and rope. (laughs) So, uh, the previous episode, he popped up out of the forest when Graham saw him just digging. And didn't bother to really question him. Granted, he was having his own little breakdown, so that made more sense. No one, no, not the, the man buying this or buying the Valentine behind him, not the man selling him, sees duct tape and rope. There's only one thing I could think of you'd be doing with those two objects. And he just buys it and no one questions Especially him. with only those two objects. Yeah. Like, those are things that you might have at your home for sure. a variety of reasons. Yep. But, yep. but just to be late at night buying those things at the pharmacy and only those two things. And also, you know who Mr. Gold is. It's not like he hides who he is. So, that'd be, and now, I'm not going to say I would necessarily question it to my face. I would call the sheriff because I don't want to be tied up. But, yeah, I would think something suspicious going on here. So suspicious. Okay. Well, we can talk about the final interaction between Gold and Regina at the yep. end, but I want to talk about the evil queen in the Enchanted Forest first. Um, excellent plotting, as you mentioned, both for yeah. the evil queen and Regina. I'm unclear about like what her final goal is, but she got what she wanted, and she did it in such a way that it actually didn't matter if Belle succeeded or failed. She was going to get what she wanted either way. Like... It, it seems like maybe what she wanted was for herself to be more powerful than Rumpelstiltskin. So she sends a woman that might be his true love in to remove his curse, which maybe would have would have made him yeah. not the Dark One anymore. So she would have won if that had occurred. Yeah. Or he's going to get pissed and force her out and be upset about it, which is what actually happened. Um, so she won. I'm not sure why she wanted to do this, but she succeeded. And I don't know how she, like, plotted this out. Like, how did she know who Belle was and that she was going to be on the road? Like, how did she know this? That's the part that makes no sense to me. How was she able to deduce that basically this is Rumpel's chambermaid? This, I don't know what the time has been. Maybe they talk. I mean, mirror magic is, I think, what you said. Yeah, and that's I mean... the only thing that would have made sense. And she did remove the things from the mirrors. So I guess at that point... Regina would have had insight into things, right? Because she moved the curtains off the windows and such. And it's possible that she can hear things through the mirrors, yeah. even if she can't see them. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. I don't know. I actually don't... I think we've seen that it's... I think all she can do is see. Because, like, when uh, Snow is cavorting with dwarves, she can see them, but she, they don't play any sound. I, I believe it's just... She talks to people through the mirrors sometimes, though. That's true. But I think that would probably be... I mean, I mean I th- we're talking about I think about what magic. we're talking about here is some inconsistent magical properties. Yeah. No, that's fair. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think magic follows a, a heavy line here. Um, I love the Evil Queen's reference to the Stockholm Syndrome. That uh, is great. Master or lover? Master and lover? And then she, like, completely acknowledges those problems of Beauty and the Beast. I would never suggest a woman to kiss her captive captor. What kind of message would that be? What kind of message would that be is one of the best lines. Like, it's so good. Because it's just absolutely eviscerating the original story tell. In such a just flippant way that it was just like, oh yeah, duh, that was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then that's exactly what happens anyway. Belle, <laughs> Belle returns of her own free will to kiss yep. her captor. A um, couple things that you pointed out and that I noticed. The Evil Queen, we see her twice. We see her when she's on the road with Ariel, or not Ariel, with um, Belle, wearing very normal clothing. And then we see her in the Dark Castle. And all of a sudden, hello, boobs. They return. Now, what's interesting is that usually the men she's interacting with, she could potentially wield sex as a weapon. She still chooses to dress like this in front of Rumple, who she's not going to sleep with. Why? Is she just fucking with him? They definitely have, like, an energy. Oh. They have... So they have the, like, energy where, like, two people who really hate each other, where you're like, God, you two just need to sleep together and get it out already. But I don't actually... I've never really thought they had much chemistry. Mm. Not in that manner. I mean, I think they're better adversaries than they are. They could be one-night stands for sure, but that's as far as I could ever see it going with those two. I mean, she also had to wear that outfit to rival Rumpel's ridiculous coat in this episode. It has, like, spiky felt things, like, coming off of it. I just fucking love it. Like, he's like, I'm an evil queen, too. I'm gonna wear this coat. Listen, if I live in a castle that I have named the Dark Castle, <laughs> that is exactly the kind of coat I should be wearing pretty much whenever I can, and it's awesome. The Dark Coat. It looks like something out of a Tim Burton movie. Like it's It really does. <laughs> it really does. Also, he doesn't wear that coat around Belle no. as he's starting to open up. He's actually almost he's physically revealing more of himself to her than he typically does because I think he's just wearing like the shirt. Yeah, he and, doesn't wear a jacket. But then when he gets infuriated, the jacket comes back on. So that seemed like a little bit of a play on I'm opening myself up physically and literally to you. Anything else on Enchanted Forest Regina? She references Ariel. She does reference Ariel. Which I, I I don't know when we see Ariel, but I did like that. I have Season a mermaid. Three. Gosh, that's a ways away. But I like that, right? Planting the seeds. Um, the one thing I really would like to talk about, she does say, now this is a question I had, after she's done toying with Rumpel, because she actually plays him, I mean, she might as well have been Geppetto, because she has him on strings, back and forth, tugging at his heartstrings. She says you should get a new girl. Is that an allusion to wanting to hook up with him? Mm. Or is that just toying with him? I, I think that that is very typical, Regina, like, finding the thing that you could say that is just the most pointed and painful. Like, that is the most painful thing she could have said at that moment. But I also said in a previous episode, I think she also kind of gets off on emotionally manipulating men into sleeping with her. So it could be a little bit of both. But could yeah, be. you're right. It's a fireball. It is an absolute just... That's the meanest thing you could have said to him. It's not a fireball. It's like a scalpel. Like she has taken a scalpel and said the thing that would hurt him the most at that moment. And fuck. Like the thing that she says happens to Belle. Like Jesus Christ. Like how could a man be so horrible to his daughter? Like, oh, you've been tainted by the dark one. Like what the fuck? I mean, as we'll learn, it doesn't seem that all unrealistic. For how horrible he is? Yeah. yeah. It seems like something he would do, which Regina appropriately deduces. Like, I mean, she lies to him basically right to his face, and the story sounds 100% convincing that I don't even believe it was a lie at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, we had no reason to think that it was until the very last moment of the episode when we see the bells alive. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we don't know that the father was the devil. So the fact that he was going to cast out his own daughter did seem like a jump in character, but mm-hmm. Rumpel seems to believe it. Yeah. He, he sees. No, no, he has no reason to see that this is a lie. It's so sad when Regina is telling him this story and then he said, and then Rumpel says, so she needs a home. I know. I was just like, oh Oh. God. Basically, so she'll come back to me. Yeah. The, which is interesting because he kicked her out. Well, because he was upset. He was smashing shit and then he came (laughs) upstairs and was like, get out. Yeah, almost like a child. Like, he threw a temper tantrum. And then she said some very precise shit to him. Very, uh, very scalpel level as well. Not necessarily intended to hurt him explicitly, but she wanted to know. No, she was trying to hurt him because she was hurt. Even though she was in a dungeon, she was very unhappy that he set her free, quote unquote. And then she eviscerated him. Like, that is the worst takedown I think I've ever seen of Rumpelstiltskin by anyone. Yeah, it's pretty... I mean, she... And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It really was well done. The last question I have about the queen. Why are her and Rumpel so adversarial right now? Unclear. I I, I don't... 
I mean, he alludes to the fact that she wants to be more powerful than him, which is ridiculous. Yeah, he, what does he say? You'll never be more powerful than me, yeah. do Yeah, so I'm not sure what the... I, I think there might be a thing... It's hard to place this episode in time because all of the Enchanted Board scenes happen completely out of order. Um, I think that he might... She might be upset about a thing that he did to take away her, like kill snow white plot um so he stopped her revenge yes but i don't i mean i don't know um i'm not sure why else she would be upset with him like it's unclear um especially as we learned that like they were working together at some point so they're i mean maybe your thought about them having energy it could have been like ex-lovers breaking sure that actually does seem plausible at this point um but it doesn't the reason that I don't think it's that is that she, I I think that she, she, it, it could have worked and it almost did that like it was true love or it's like some form of true love in its infancy. Uh, and there was I, something because I you see it physically retreating. And I don't know if Regina just thought no one could ever love this beast. So like, it's obviously not really true love and like, that is the, what actually happened is what she wanted to happen. But I feel like she was also implying like, maybe it is true love and it will take away his power. And then I win also. Hmm. Um, so if she was mad about him, like a ex lover situation, like she wouldn't push someone who's actually his true love into his arms. Well, yes. If she wanted to get him back, <laughs> yeah. if she wanted to get back at him, that's exactly what hmm. she would do. Yeah. Um, you know, a woman scorned and all that. Um, before we talk about, Regina and Gold in Storybrooke. I want to talk about the B story, which is the it's Valentine's Day. Heavy B story. Let me be clear. This is such a backseat to the A story. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, it's pretty small, but there's a couple. I mean, it, mainly it's to give us some of the um, snow or sorry, Mary Margaret and David uh, scenes. They're really bad at being inconspicuous. Like, I love when Ruby is like, do you want me to push the tables together? Um, the fact that they think that people aren't noticing this is ridiculous. They're reading a book in Granny's with no other people present that you can see, talking with one another at separate tables, trying to pretend like they're not together. That's the worst cover I've ever seen in my The same book. The two. same book! It's bad cover. Um, and then... David gives Mary Margaret the wrong Valentine's Day card, which Mr. Gold called him out on in the pharmacy. He was like, oh, these cards look like they're for two very different women. Morning. Um, I also hope to God that Mary Margaret's card had more, like, <laughs> Catherine's card says, Catherine, I woof you in it, which is just, like, Clearly, all he wrote was Catherine, and I woof you was, like, already in the card, because that was what was written in the card. It had a dog on the front. Um, so I hope that he wrote something more detailed than Mary Margaret's card, which she didn't read because she was rightfully so upset that he gave her the wrong card. Why is he so bad at this? So, for a moment, I thought David was maybe cursed to be James. That was his cursed mm. memory. But James would be phenomenal as a true he prince would be charming. really good at this. So this is clearly not James. This is a man who just does not know how to cheat. He's terrible at this. Well, I, I and think... And there's no need for there's it. There's no... He could just break up with Catherine. Like, there's no need for this. She, like, opened the door and said, here, you can walk out and we're all good. Neither one of us are happy here. And he, for no good reason, decided to stay when he was very clearly in love with Mary Margaret. Yeah. Yeah, he's not... He is not a prince charming. This is... This is the least charming I've ever seen David He just be. keeps making bad decisions over and over and over again. I feel like the card that he made for Catherine is like the physical embodiment of when you go to kiss a girl and she just pushes you back and shakes your hand. <laughs> I woof you. I woof you. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even love you. I woof I, I you. I woof you. That's, that's, your, that's your wife for Valentine's Day. I woof you. Oh my gosh. Um, all right. Mr. Gold. Hold on. Before we go there. Yeah. Emma. There's another one I want to talk oh, about sure. real quick. Her superpower is very bad in this one. So she's always, her superpower is I'm good at deducing when people are lying. And when she sits down, she says, how is he? And Mary Margaret is able to break her cover that she's basically flirting with David and quickly realize that who she's really asking about is immediately um, Henry. Because she says like, oh, how's your day? And what she's really asking is, how is Henry? Oh, 
I don't know that that's a sign that Emma's superpower is not working. She can't tell that what Mary she Mar- absolutely can tell. She's just pre- doesn't want to talk about it in grannies. I mean, I don't recall her saying. She later about says it. that she absolutely knew about she it. She knew what was going. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, then good, excellent. Speaking of Henry, why does she let Regina just absolutely control her with Henry? I mean, that was so blatant. Regina doesn't even hide it. I mean, she knew, but yeah. like she wanted to spend time with Henry. Thirty she, minutes is but worth she hasn't, that. I mean, she hasn't been able to talk to Henry yeah. at all. Like, I mean, she she absolutely knew. She said, you want me to leave you alone with a prisoner? 29 minutes, 30 seconds is one of the more cold-blooded lines I've ever heard. I mean, Regina knew exactly what to do. Just and it works. Emma around. Like, get and, out of here, child. And that, I mean, I think that's even more impressive that Emma absolutely knew that she was going to do some shady shit and didn't care because she wanted so badly to spend time with Henry. And then he gives her that cute little smile. Like, how do you say no to that face? The, I think Emma showed some real weakness here like a weakness of character you're the sheriff you should not be allowing the mayor to spend time alone with the prisoner because you are desperate to see your son this was a moment of weakness for her like this was not the like she would be disappointed herself if any or anyone else had seen this it was just that she just didn't care yeah it didn't it also didn't occur to her to think that like regina had something to do with the like the stealing um because she's so concerned about henry she's not doing yeah. her job right now like we talked about this during the um election episode about like you know you kind of have to be a detective here too you couldn't see through this ruse to be fair she does find almost all of the stuff that mr french took yeah just none of the things that matter just one thing yeah but like usually when things get stolen and you tell the police they never find it oh yeah no that's fair <laughs> that's fair though she does seem to almost be taunting gold frequently throughout this episode she's in his house and she's like obstruction of justice it's his property if he doesn't want to press charges leave him the hell alone this is not going to stand up in court and you know this he's rich law is not going to apply to him then she arrests him okay no that was actually fair because she he beat the shit out of someone she had to arrest she did have to arrest him i mean (laughs) in my argument he deserved to get the shit beat out of him so i don't really see a problem with this it's not like she's not willing to look the other way when her son shows up so clearly it's not like the law is going to stop her. Um, and then she's mocking him with the sandwich. I know, the I mocking mean, with the sandwich. This is like, honestly, this is one of the worst episodes of Emma actually being, like, she's being more of a badass, but she is not playing to her conviction. She's mostly just antagonizing Gold for no reason. Mr. Gold is genuinely so- shocked when Emma arrests him. Like, he, like, beat someone up in front of the sheriff, and he's used to getting away with shit, so, like, thought that, that nothing was going to happen. But she's like... Yeah, you're under arrest. Like, you beat someone up in front of me. And I told you not to do that, like, three times. I would say that when you buy duct tape and a rope and no one bothers to question you, you probably logically feel sure. invincible. Yeah, no, that, that that was it, though. Just Emma, Emma just feels like, honestly, Emma feels like she's working for Regina in this episode. Even though I know she's not. She feels like she is under Regina's thumb the way that she is basically just antagonizing Gold. Totally. Well, and Regina... I mean, Regina's plot here is pretty good. For the second time, she's done an excellent job of scheming. It was very simple. Like, she wanted to talk to Mr. Gold, and he pleases her twice in this episode. He uses the please. Sorry. (laughs) He does not take her to a city council meeting. (laughs) He, He uses the word please to get her to do what he wants twice. Um, she asked to talk to him and he, he says, please don't bother me anymore. I don't want to talk to you. And she looks frightened. Like, yeah. she has that look on her face of like, I can't do anything. Like, almost she's paralyzed. So she's like, fine, I'm going to engineer a way to talk to you. And that's exactly what she does. And it works. Which, here's what I don't understand. When they're talking behind the bars, why doesn't he look at her and goes, please tell me everything you know about what's happening right now. I don't know. He could have absolutely flexed on her right there, and she would have had no choice, apparently, to do. But instead, he says, please sit. So he clearly is still aware mm-hmm. of this power. And she, once again, looks terrified and sits down. But then she gets up and basically just... So it's almost like she doesn't have to follow the command, but she feels like she needs to. I don't know. It, it's unclear at this point. Yeah, it might be... It might be something that's, like, built into the curse, like yeah. a magical element where she actually has to obey. Or it might be, like, she made a deal with him, and she... Is she agreed to follow and it. And there's a cost for potentially yeah. not doing it. Also, one of the best answers Regina gives when 
obviously Rumple slash Gold, I guess we can just call him Rumple now because he's revealed his name, says, do you have what I want? And she goes, yes. <laughs> and he's talking about the cup, and she is not talking about the cup. Mm. She is absolutely talking about Belle, and she smirks and smiles, knowing that he has no idea that what he truly wants, he has no idea she actually has. She, I mean, she schemes fantastic here. She does. I think... The only thing that worries me is, like, she clearly has not thought about what's going to happen when he finds out what she did. <laughs> yes. Um, it almost seems like, again, similar to the way I said Rumpel just took Belle captive but didn't necessarily know what to do with the chess piece. Regina took Belle captive but didn't really know what to do with the chess piece. It's also... It's, it's not in Rumpel's character typically, to do something that doesn't benefit him in some way. It is very much in Regina's character to do something just to hurt someone. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Pettiness and spite are the two things that feel Regina more than anything. But so, she might she might have not had a plan. She was like, well, this accomplishes my goal in the moment, which is to hurt Rumpelstiltskin, and maybe I'll be able to use this later. You said, I guess that's the thing that's interesting, though, is that, like, this wasn't a spur-of-the-moment thing. She captured her and kept her captive the entire time. Yeah, it's so a she long was time. planning to essentially screw him over at some point, which is odd that she would willingly make an enemy. Which she tells uh, Emma, he may make an okay friend, but he makes a wonderful adversary. Mm -hmm. So she warns him about the dangers of crossing gold and thinks that gold's going to be pissed. And it turns out that's exactly what he wanted. Well, she thinks she's more powerful than him, which is ridiculous. <sighs> okay, fair enough. Um, let's also talk about, I guess, the biggest moment, right? She calls him out and makes him reveal the one thing. He's he awake! He's awake! 100% awake. He says his name is Rumpelstiltskin. And yeah. he tries to dance around it expertly. Through the entire time I've been on this earth and my life, my name has been Mr. Gold. And then she's like, what about other places? <laughs> and basically boxes him in. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's... So we, know, we have suspected for some time... That Mr. Gold is awake, and now we know he's actually awake. And I don't know what Regina's going to do with this information now that they're both awake. I feel like she should be terrified, but she seems She's confident. Not. That's very that's very much in Regina's character to be confident about that. Like, I agree. She should also be terrified. Yeah, like, if some other, like, if David had woken up, I wouldn't really be all that terrified of Prince Charming waking up. So be it. Even Mary Margaret waking up wouldn't really terrify me. Gold being awake is the one person... That could screw you over because he's already beaten you multiple times throughout the season. I mean, I think that she always assumed that he was anyway. Like, I'm not sure if we've already seen this or if we'll see it later in flashbacks, but she she questions him and thinks that he's awake. She she alludes, she says, what do you know? And he says, I don't know what you're talking I think she suspects he knows more than he's revealed, but she doesn't know that he's awake. We even had that little debate during the when charming gets uh -huh. his memories back like if she knew he was awake she would have just gone to him to fix that problem yeah but she doesn't think he's fully awake and she doesn't want to wake him up right because that's a problem well yeah. now she knows she's awake well she also should be scared because she knows that he wanted this curse to be cast uh-huh he gave it to her uh -huh. and chose her to cast it and as we also found out he also was instrumental in the one thing she cares about the most yeah so like why she is okay with this is shocking to me at this point because she's got enemies everywhere. She's got Emma, who's an enemy. She's got Gold, who's an enemy. And honestly, even Henry doesn't like her right now. So it's like, you're fighting a war on multiple fronts. Yeah. But she does still have unlimited power as the mayor. Okay, so I I already thought this, but then when I when we were just watching it just now, I was like, maybe it's the psych ward in the hospital. I assumed it was the psych ward. It's it says exit on the door. Yeah. It's a keypad door that says exit. It is not the psych ward. It is a secret room in the hospital that only Regina has access to. That's ridiculous. But it is the psych ward though, because Nurse Ratchet is there. Well, surely. But like a it's secret a psych it's ward. It's a secret psych ward. <laughs> I mean, that's a terrible thing to have, but I guess it could be explained as we didn't want anyone to, like, break these prisoners out or, like, it had to be kept... Like, I'm sure she's got some stupid explanation. Sure, and that might make sense <laughs> for the hospital to yeah. have this, but it it makes absolutely no sense for the mayor to have access to the psych ward. Is she head of the medical board that we just don't know about? Uh, maybe. Maybe she, maybe she is the board of directors of the hospital. Maybe she is the Senate. Um, yeah, no, this... 
this was so over the top ridiculous that she had a secret keypad to get into a psych ward with Nurse Ratchet, who is from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I don't think she says a name, but it's very clearly an allusion to Nurse Ratchet. Like, we later learn, we definitely later learn that that is We her learn name. the full name. And she doesn't have much of a character, but it's no. more so she is the warden of the inmates. I don't know if the man in the background that we see mopping is supposed to be significant. I think no, that's I just a random so. extra. But the prisoner is unbelievably significant because, as it turns out, that is Belle, the thing that he actually wanted. And she is, yeah, just smiling because she's, what, 28 years she's been captive now? Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> How does Belle ever forgive her? Not to go into, like, details later, but, like... Belle is a very forgiving person. Sure. 23 decades you held me captive. I mean, in... she also forgives her worthless piece of shit father. That's... Di- okay, I, I don't disagree with you. But, like, as we will talk about, family bonds can sometimes cause you to do stupid things. Regina does dumb things with her family. Fine. Regina has no familiar connection to Belle at all. And three decades of her life, she is held captive here. And she forgives. In fact, she argues later with Rumpel not to do bad things to Regina. And you're like, this woman treated you like the devil. You should be out there, like, waving the pitchfork in the front of the mob. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Anything else before we uh, dive into our most most favorites, most ridiculous? This is the best episode of the entire series, and I will die on that hill. Wow. Okay. Most ridiculous moment? Gold bought duct tape and rope. After he was warned not to do anything in front of everyone, and no one even blinked an eye. Yep. That's a good one. Completely agree. I have two that Ooh. are not that. Okay. The first, Regina having a secret room in the hospital for prisoners. It's yep. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Um, the other is when Belle and Rumpelstiltskin kiss, and she says, like, it's true love. It's working. And he says, who told you that? Who knows that? Everyone knows that, Rumpelstiltskin. True love's kiss, the most powerful magic and rare of all magic, happens all the time. Everyone knows about true love's kiss. It's so weird. I mean, That's not what he's saying it's true love. What what he's saying is what would make you think we have true love. Mm. Which, well, very clearly, he didn't tell her that. She also seems shocked about true love's kiss working. I, like, like something, like someone told her. I guess. And she gives it away very quickly. Like, why would you think that's a thing? Who's your loser of the episode? Rumple still skin is absolutely the loser. Blowout loss. He had to reveal the the most uh, secret piece of information this entire episode or entire series has been that he's awake and no one knew it. And Regina absolutely boxed him into revealing it. Big loser here. Uh, yeah. The the runner up is uh, Mr. French because <laughs> he just his ass whooped. Beaten. But Rumple by far biggest loss. Well, he also like the thing that he actually wants is so close. And he, like, has no idea for some reason. Well, that makes sense, though. He thinks she's dead. How, it seems very abnormal for him not to question that she's dead. And that he didn't pursue any action against the king, Bell's father, in the Enchanted Forest. That is fair. You would think that he would have immediately jumped out there and... How could you do that to your daughter? And then he would have been like, I didn't do that to my daughter. And mm-hmm. then he would have known that there was a see-through lie. But it's also possible that he was so hurt that he wasn't thinking logically. And then once again, a woman that he had cared about had left. So he was just like, screw it. I, this is why I should have never pursued this in the first place. He makes a poor decision there. I agree with you on that one. And your winner? Regina Same. dominates this Also episode. Regina. She like... As the evil queen, as the, um, as the mayor. She's fantastic. Oh, another loser? David. If oh, it wasn't yeah. for Rumpel, David's a big loser on this one. Really bad. Really <laughs> he, bad. He doesn't have enough screen time to be the loser yeah. in this episode, right. but he absolutely is the and loser. And yet he's a close episode. second here. Like, it's a blowout, but he would be the next of the, the group. There is no second winner. It is Regina 100%. Yeah. She, fantastic job of manipulating, gets Rumpel to remi- uh, reveal his name, shows that she's been holding Belle captive. I... I think this is two straight episodes where she's been dominant. Just absolutely scheming. Like, she's scheming now. This yeah. is the thing that blows my mind is that in the first like 10 episodes, she was very just like one note, revenge, pettiness, anger. And now she's like, I'm just going to start putting together plots. Almost like she's better at being gold than gold is right now. I mean, I also think similar to what you were saying about how like he's not like she's not used to people 
questioning her. So I think she needed some time to realize that she needed to scheme. So like she'd been challenged for the yeah. first time. Okay, that's fair. Um. So next week we are going to watch... Time out. Did we talk about favorite moments? We did. I remember we? we talked about ridiculous moments. I don't oh, I'm remember... sorry. We skipped it. You're right. What was your favorite moment? Why don't you go first? I was debating between a couple. Uh, Regina calling out the issues with Beauty and the Beast. Like, that is just so funny. Like, I, the, the, so smart, Disney. Like, way to go. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. The other one is um, Regina, Do You Have What I Want? And the smirk. Really, really good. But my favorite is the one, in my opinion, that completely symbolizes the Belle and Rumble relationship. My power means more to you than you do. No, it doesn't. 100% tries to lie, tries to act like he's cold and heartless, and she sees right through it without any hesitation. Fantastic yeah. moment. Agreed. Those are all great. There's a lot of great moments in this episode. A lot of great it's a, lines. It's a great episode. Yeah. I'm telling you. All right. I'm sorry I skipped over our favorite moment. We got to have it at the end there. So that, that was, was the favorite good. moment of this episode. Um, okay. So next week we are going to watch... Season 1, episode 13, What Happened to Frederick. Uh, what are you looking forward to next week? So if this is what happened to Frederick, I believe we saw him previously in the Catherine, David, or Abigail story. So this should be... We've never actually seen Frederick before. But, but we've we're... referenced, might have mm -hmm. said, remember what happened to Frederick. So yeah. this should be theoretically mm -hmm. what happened to him. Mm -hmm. That means we get to see more David. Ideally, I'd like to see um, David and Abigail at this point, or James, I guess you could say, and Abigail or Charming, however you want to reference him, what their relationship kind of becomes in the Enchanted Forest. And what will be interesting to see is the parallel between, because David being a real shithead in Storybook right now. So seeing that, like, okay, if they're able to either come to some sort of agreement, because I think he's run off at this point, and we've seen that in mm -hmm. the Enchanted Forest. Maybe they become, like, a, I don't know, just a better understanding of their arranged marriage and figure it out. So I'm curious to see what happened. Agreed. I'm um, interested in all of those things. I also, we're not going to get this for a while, but I want to know what's going to happen when Gold finds out about what Regina did. I think we know what's going to happen. There's going to be a problem. Yeah, he's going to be real mad. Um, okay, well, this was a great episode. It's Roger's favorite episode. So, uh, in the series, not and the season, actually, in the series. In our next episode, we will go through um, some of our counts, so you can know what we've been counting and who, like, how many, how many, how many times Regina has won and lost. We'll, uh, we'll do that in our next episode. Um, but please join us next week when we watch season one, episode thirteen. What happened to Frederick? We will see you next week. <laughs>